Looking forward to a conversation coming up uh, and a great conversation with Jimmy coming uh, in just a, a little bit here. Well, we've got uh, today being a very special day. Briggs, I, I don't know if you were aware of this, but today is National Su- Supermarket Employee Day. Well, hey. That's a day worth uh, celebrating. If it, it weren't for them, Indeed. I'd go hungry a whole lot more. Absolutely. You, Absolutely. you never worked in a supermarket, did you? No, I didn't. I worked in a mechanics, but not in a supermarket. A mechanic? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Doing when I what? Was, when I was 12, I was involved in helping. In England, you have what's called an MOT, uh, which every year your car has to pass, which it tests whether it's functioning as it should. It always amazes me to see cars with their fenders off and big holes in the side. And I'm like... In England, that wouldn't be allowed. It wouldn't pass the MOT. But, um, yeah, that was my first job as a mechanic. Well, I had a paper round before that, and then I worked in the mechanics helping with the um, the motor tests for a couple of years. Wow, okay. So what is the best job and worst job you've ever had? Oh. Or most fun job, and one that was the least fun? <laughs> well, I enjoyed working with children when I was a teenager, and so I was a children's party entertainer. Really? I was indeed, yeah. So we used to have uh, about 10 parties happen a weekend on a Saturday and a Sunday um, at a uh, private leisure club. And we would do these uh, parties which would involve three different segments. One was a half hour of games. It could be a football party. could be soccer, I should say. Um, And then we'd do half an hour of food. And then we'd have a big jungle gym where they do half an hour of fun activities in there. And we'd roll those through. I'd end up doing four four on a Saturday, four on a Sunday. And sometimes there'd be swimming pool parties. I was a lifeguard as well. So that was a lot of fun. It was noisy. It was a great team. And, uh, yeah, we had a blast. I could see that being a lot of fun. Yeah. What's the worst job you ever had? Um, day in, day out, cleaning out cat litter trays and, oh. <laughs> and bird trays. I, I had the privilege of living in Jerusalem for four years. And uh, it was part of the job. It wasn't the only thing on the job. But the man I worked for had three birds, an African grey and two cockatoos. And... A uh, number of cats, three dogs, and a whole host of fish in his garden koi. And uh, we often used to laugh because I think it's the only time in, in my life where I've been able to fulfill the scripture where it says to look after the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, and the fish of the sea. Uh, all in one job. All in Very one job. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, my least favorite one that I ever had has to uh, probably be working on a printing press. Not that it was horrible um, per se, but I had the grunt job because I was the young kid. And so after we would run the these massive runs we they they printed a lot of phone books there and after they would run these massive runs with thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of paper running through these printing presses you know printing all these phone books you'd have to get in there and clean the thing in the inside the press i mean these were massive and that was not fun that was a dirty job my children went to a printing press yesterday uh monday um and saw uh bibles being put together and That's they had cool. an absolute blast. And so it was literally, they were involved in collating all of the papers, packaging it, and they didn't want to leave. Once they saw how the process works and these reams of a thousand pounds of paper yeah. and the sheer size and magnitude of it being almost as tall as them, it was just an, a special experience for them. Well, I think we know future jobs for those Ooh, two. They've got, they've got <laughs> a lot of options in front of them. That's very true. <laughs> well, we're glad that uh, you are with us. You have a lot of options and glad that you're making us a part of your Wednesday morning this morning. Putting a different spin on things, it's Steve and Dawn in the morning. Well, Dawn's out, so we can change things up a little. 
That's right. She can't get mad if she's not here, right? That's Especially if she's not listening this way. Could be sleeping in for all, all I know. But uh, yeah, she is out this week. Glad that you are here with us and looking forward to this conversation. Jimmy Rollins is a national recognized speaker, coach, author. He's written a book called Love Outside the Lines. It's about going beyond the boundaries of race and difference and preference. And Jimmy, welcome. Good to have you with us this morning. Absolutely. It is so good uh, to be on your broadcast and uh, so looking forward to this conversation. Well, we are as well. And uh, I think this is a topic that the church has not always done real well about having a conversation or, or maybe we kind of get it started but then it just seems to kind of peter out, and it doesn't really go anywhere. So I'm hoping that as we, we talk today, uh, not only does the conversation start, but maybe we can begin to put some things we talk about into practice. Absolutely. It seems as if, and this is just my perception, Jimmy, but it seems as if every, every time we see one of these stories in the headlines that has something to do with race, we begin to have a national conversation of sorts. And we recognize the fact that, you know, we still have racism in this country. Maybe it's improving. Maybe a different. That, that's a different discussion for another day. But we, we begin to have a conversation about what re- reconciliation would look like and why that's important and why that is so needed and all of those things. And it feels like the conversation starts and stops and starts and stops. How do you Absolutely. think we can begin to maybe keep the conversation going and actually get some traction? Absolutely. Well, I think what we have to recognize is, is there's a bigger conversation, right? Like if we went to the doctor's office and we uh, were to say, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm bleeding. You know, I got this uh, I got this issue on my, uh, you know, I've got an injury on my arm and I'm bleeding. Well, they wouldn't address the bleeding. They would address what caused it. Right. And I think in the Christian community and the Christian faith, like the idea of spiritual family, you know, uh, is has to be introduced that that conversation should not stop and start like Jesus never in his ministry in the Gospels. He never stopped seeking after those to, to become a part of his spiritual family. You know, whether it was the woman at the well, you know, whether it was the sinful woman, whether, uh, you know, he was rebuking the Pharisees like he always was trying to enlarge the family. And so he didn't lead with what he was against. Right. He was against sin. He was always talking about what he was for healing and reconciliation and redemption and resurrection power. And I think that we stop and start the conversation because we are more concerned with the issue than we are the person. And so the idea of spiritual family should be the start of our pursuit to, uh, you know, be witnesses to, to anybody, everybody and anyone. I, I love that. And one of the things that sometimes we may hear people talk about as it relates to, okay, we are the family. We are, yeah. you know, we all bleed red, right? And so we are all one thing. So therefore, I don't see color anymore. I, I'm colorblind. Yeah. Do you think that's a, an effective way to have this conversation? I think I understand the thought of that. I understand and I can get it like, you know, I and what we're trying to when someone says that what they're trying to communicate is I value you. I see you. Uh, and there, I don't see a difference between me and you. And I think that somewhat like that's a good thing. But then the other thing that we, what we can lose in that is diversity. We can lose in that the individuality of what God created. You know, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I think the the tapestry of heaven is diverse. And when we think about uh, that, like we would never go to Best Buy to get, you know, the, what's the, the hottest TV and say, can I get it? 
uh, in black and white. No, what we say is, is can I get the most amount of pixels possible? Can I get the most amount of, you know, 4K, 8K quality? Why? Because when we see things and we see color, we begin to value color. We begin to value our differences. And I think it's important for us to uh, maybe change the conversation uh, that says, hey, I see your color and I value your color and I value mine and yours just as the same rather than saying I don't see color. Help us think through how that conversation could look, because I think sometimes people have made some sort of an effort. Maybe it's not always been done well, but maybe the Correct. intent has been good, um, yeah. but then executed poorly. And we you, you feel like, oh, man, I, I tried and I got pushed back or I got rejected or I, you know, I, I tried to do that. And so now uh, people are skittish to even begin to have yeah. the conversation. How do we begin to have it? well and re-engage again? Well, I think understanding that it is going to be uncomfortable is a part of it. Like uh, Acts 1-8, uh, you know, preparing for the Holy Spirit and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. Every single one of us have an uttermost, right? We have that, uh, those, the, if you will, certain people, certain conversations, certain demographics, not just skin color, certain age groups, you know, I'm having, I have a hard time relating to my teenage kids, you know, <laughs> and so when we think about it out of the context of race, and we put it in everyday conversations, everyday conversations are hard. Everyday conversations are difficult. It's hard to talk to the coworker that you don't have much in common with. And so when we now put it back in the context of race, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And But I think when we break down, like imagine starting a conversation says, listen, this is going to be difficult. I know that we probably don't get each other. You know, I know that I might say the wrong thing, but can we have some grace in this conversation before we start it? You know, can you help me understand you know, can you help? Can you explain? I, you know, and then if I say something wrong, can we talk about it in a way that's going to be productive and, and really help educate me? And I think what we have to do is for that to take place, both uh, conversations, both the listener, both people have to be willing to listen. Both people have to be willing to understand that the goal is not to change your mind. The goal is to give you information that you can process uh, you know, at a later time. And I think when we go into conversations, we can't have this, uh, this goal to change minds and to change hearts. And my best effort and my greatest convictions and my most solid ideologies, what I've never done is change the heart. Like only God can do that. And so my effort no longer goes into, you know what, I'm going to tell Steve what I think or whatever. Because what happens is, it limits our ability to make a difference if we have a goal to make a point. Yeah, that's a good word. Jimmy Rollins with us. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning on Moody Radio. We were talking this hour with Jimmy Rollins, nationally recognized speaker, coach, and author. He's written a book, Love Outside the Lines Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and Preference. And we have talked a little bit about uh, race and racism in this country and you know the need for that conversation to continue and to, to get some traction there. But, Jimmy, there, there are more differences than just uh, our skin color and uh, race. What are some of the other lines that you see the church struggling with today? Well, I think overall arching, what a great question. Like our, our job, our goal, our mandate uh, from Christ uh, in this great commission is to 
what is to go into the world and, mm -hmm. and really reach people and disciple them. And I think in order to go into the world, we're first going to have to go inside of our hearts and ask ourselves, does our hearts break for the things that breaks God's heart? And what separates us is sin. And so when we look at, you know, uh, people's desire uh, to reach, you know, those outside of the church, we have to go where it's prevalent, you know, which is, you know, maybe it's someone's sexual preference, maybe it's someone's background, maybe it's, you know, people struggling with addiction, or just people that are struggling in divorce, or people that are struggling. So I think the overall arching thing that we struggle with uh, in the body of Christ is how do we reach people and I'm going to say this and it's going to sound weird, but it's true who sin differently than us, yeah. you know? And I think that if we all sin and fall short of the glory of God and we struggle reaching those people or some people, we have to be careful not to have a judgment mentality that their sin is worse than mine or, you know, and I think if we get this mindset, I think when we look at, people that are different than us, when we look at people that are hard to forgive, when we look at people, you know, maybe it's our spouse, you know, who, who, uh, you know, is not acting the way we want them to act or break, breaking promises. We have to search in our hearts and ask ourselves, how do we reach those people? So I think that it's not anything that's specific. I think we would rather, we sacrifice our ability to make a difference because we want to make a point and we want to lead with what we're against rather than what we're for. Hmm. Good word. But when, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, you, you brought up sexual identity or gender identity mm -hmm. issues and, and things along those lines, you know, when we have a conversation about racism, that's the uh, kind of thing. Well, I was born with white skin. You were born with brown skin. That is yeah. not something that I dictated. You dictated my decision, your Correct. decision. There are some Christians who would say, well, those who decide to, you know, engage in a homosexual or gay lifestyle, gay and lesbian lifestyle, or those who have decided that they're going to identify as a different gender, that is a decision that they're making versus Correct. a skin color thing that we can't control. And so how would you encourage the church to engage in a healthier manner, I guess, in, in a way that we might be heard so that some actually could maybe come and find Jesus through our, our engagement with them? Well, I think uh, our ability to reach uh, people, uh, we, we first have to love all people. You know, I, I say it this way, you know, the greatest commandments, what is it? It is, it's, it's love God with all your heart and, and, and love your neighbor as yourself or love one another, love God, love people, you know, and I think it's time for all of God's people, those who are in Christ to love all of God's people, those who he's created to love uh, that are not in Christ as of yet. And we have to look at people as potential spiritual family. We have to look at people as potential citizens. And I don't know how we can have a conversation with someone if we're leading what we're against, if we're, you know, there, there's no bridge. And so I think as disciples of Christ, we have to be bridge builders. That means that we have to be willing to be walked on by both sides. And once we are willing to do that, um, you know, we have to deal with our own convictions and our own, you know, ideologies and the things that separate us from people. And so whether someone chooses uh, a certain lifestyle, you know, none of us are born, we're born into sin, but we make choices that say that, you know, that, that separate us from God. Ultimately, sin separates us from God. 
And if we're separated from God, we're going to be separated from people. And so let's look at our own hearts and ask ourselves how are we separated from God and how he makes up the distance. And then as disciples, we have to go after people with that same pursuit. And I want to live my life as seed. And sometimes it's tough soil. Yeah. And so when I live my life as seed, it's not my job to, to grow people. It's not my job. No, it's God's job. I'm just supposed to plant seed. And so that that's how I see it. Oh, I love that. Jimmy Rollins with us. The book that we're talking about, Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and Preference. Thanks for being with us. Why not take Dawn and Steve with you wherever you go? Download the Moody Radio app. Thanks for listening to Dawn and Steve in the Morning. Talking with Jimmy Rollins this hour. Jimmy's a nationally recognized speaker, coach, and author. Written the book, Love Outside the Lines. And Jimmy, as we've been talking about uh, some of the things that cause division within the body of Christ, and we've been uh, talking about the fact that one of the things we need to do is look at it in- internally, look inside our own lives, our own hearts, uh, be better <laughs> listeners, all of those things. Somebody might be going, yep, uh-huh, I, I, I agree, I'm with you. I don't know what to do now. What's next, Jimmy? Yeah. Where do we go from here? Well, I think one of the things is, is, is just open up our eyes. And I think uh, it's starting to notice, like, I can't, I was talking to a mom, uh, you know, just by identification of this conversation, she's white. And I said, uh, she goes, what can I do? And, and, I, and I said, well, you're probably already doing it. I said, but, you know, with our next generation, with our children, you know, what, how are we empowering them with this message? And she said that she made it a point to notice. And so she started telling her daughter, you know, look at God's creation. Look how beautiful people are. She started to point out different people that are different than her and giving value and beauty to that. And I think that what an amazing thing that we can do is start to notice people and to start to compliment people and to start thinking people, your hair is gorgeous. Your outfit is beautiful. If it's different than ours. You know, yeah. uh, your complexion is, is absolutely amazing. And, and what we're doing is we're just empowering people that we notice them. And I think one of the things in this book that I encourage people to do is notice, because when you notice people, it'll introduce you. It'll be an introduction to a conversation. And that conversation is not to fix racial reconciliation. That conversation is to invite people into our worlds so that we can experience differences. What's the use in me as my skin is darker Uh, inviting you into my world if I'm not willing to come into your world. This is not a one-sided conversation. This is us learning together, different culture, different experience, different background, you know, and I think um, we, we need to do a better job with that. Yeah, I, I, very, very true. And so, the I'll be honest when when I heard you talk about oh, the, notice their outfit, notice this, and that that to me that feels very feminine. <laughs> like I see women do yeah. that. I see my wife do that kind of stuff yeah. all the time. And I'm like, oh man, I can't imagine my friends, my my guy friends, going, dude, yeah. I love your complexion. Your hair's looking fantastic yeah. today. So absolutely for 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 the guys out there who are not yeah. going to be saying, oh, Jimmy, your skin today is fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. How do do we extend an olive branch to the the men out there? Absolutely. Well, when we notice, it introduces conversation, right? So when we notice something different, we can just say hello. We can just say, you know, hey, man, how's your day? And and what it does is it, it just invites people into my world. What I'm trying to do is what kind of introductions, maybe it's somebody who's listening, who's you know, there's some, there's that coworker. Maybe there's one coworker that's different than everyone else. How can you invite them to be included in your world? 
And so for women, it might be that. For men, it might be, hey, we got a basketball league that we're part of. Why don't you come play? It might be, hey, do you play golf? Hey, let's go to top golf. It's how do I invite the everyday average person that, that is different than me into my world? And I think it starts with some level of uncomfortable conversation that is out of the norm and that models the message of Jesus and also models the footsteps that he took to give that message. Jimmy, so appreciate your heart, your time this morning, challenging us to step into that uncomfortable conversation with the mindset of realizing that those people who are different from us, they're potential family. Right. And so having that heart, having that mindset, such an important thing and so appreciate the opportunity to talk this morning.